Gideon. The tracking beacon has been installed on the Razor Crest. Does he still have the asset? Yes. Our source confirmed it. And we will be ready. Passengers, travelers, and voyagers, welcome aboard the Katanacast, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to celebrating and exploring the saga from our own certain points of view. I'm your pilot, Ben, doing a very special episode tonight, and joining me, as always, is my beautiful co-pilot, Ian. Hello. And unfortunately, Maria wasn't able to join us tonight, but we think we may have been able to make it up for this very special episode. We have a guest tonight, and I think I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Katie O'Brien. I don't know what else you need me to say. I play a comms, <laughs> a comms officer fine. on episode four. <laughs> so for those of you who listen to our podcast, you probably will have heard us mention her a couple times already. Uh, Katie plays the comms officer in episode four, which is episode what? 12 of the overall? Ian usually knows this. 12? No, 12. Cool, cool. That's, <laughs> that's what Ian's here for. Episode 12 of The Mandalorian, she plays the comms officer that you see interact with Moff Gideon and give us a little bit of exposition. She's also a fantastic member of the LGBTQ community, a working actress, and a martial artist, and she has been very kind to make us her very first Star Wars podcast interview. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming to see us today, Katie. How's it going? Yeah, that's great. What a lovely announcer voice you have. It kicks in sometimes, but it, it comes and goes like weather and bloat, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> I feel I feel like I have this like super soft voice and it's really hard for me to play major intimidating characters. See, but some of the best intimidating characters are the quiet ones. That's true. It's curveballs, yeah. Yeah. I just have to like Anthony Hopkins it up a bit, you know, just kind of be really quiet and to myself. I mean that's that's the perfect villain in anything though, right. honestly. Yeah. Has anyone ever outdone Anthony Hopkins? No. And I think and they no know that. Think so. No. Yeah. I think they know that and I think that we all just like as a society have to be okay with it. And I, I know Tony Hopkins is fine with it. He'll remind yeah. us if we forget. Right. <laughs> right. So back around to Star Wars really quick. How's the reaction been since you've uh, made your appearance? Um, it's been, I think, generally pretty positive. Um, I I try to avoid going on outside of my feed, I guess, to see what people are saying about it because it's either you know you find yourself in uh, negativity or you find kind of thirsty weirdness and <laughs> just <laughs> I can just stay away from all that. So um, I mean, all in all, I've had like a couple of people kind of reach out and contact, but uh, mostly just been paying attention to what my family and friends are, are saying. I didn't tell most of them that I was in it, so it's just been fun surprise reactions. See, oh, that's, that's awesome. A, that's a really hard thing to keep a secret. Uh, yeah, I, for me it wasn't. For my wife it was. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. She struggles <laughs> with that. Yeah, she, she, is, she hates keeping secrets, but she did a really good job. I'll have to, like, I, I have to give her credit. Um, but I, I happened to be filming Black Lightning at the exact same time as I was mm -hmm. filming this. So when I said I was at work, people just assumed I was at Black Lightning. 
And there when you I go. Work, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and that's in You're Atlanta, not lying. so yeah, exactly. I'm at work. Sure, I could be at either job. I don't know. So yeah. And it's awesome that you bring up Black Lightning because you are not a stranger to genre TV at all. <laughs> no. That's definitely tends to be your forte. If you're not in the know, Katie has appeared on both CW's Black Lightning. She's been on Agents of Shield for ABC she, and also a recurring character on Sci Fi Z Nation. Yeah. So basically, if there's a, is there a sci fi fantasy angle, you're there. But Star Wars is a whole different ballgame. That's another a, beast a, entirely. Yeah. It's a cultural juggernaut to say the very least. Has this felt different at all in a way i mean people definitely see it as as being on a much higher scale right Mm -hmm. and and being on the cw is great um it it gets a big audience uh z nation had like kind of a a, its own click audience um but this is kind of like everyone in the entire world watches it even if you don't even care about sci-fi i guess or or usually watch that kind of thing so um that I know it's it's a much bigger scale, but again, I mean, I'm such a home buddy. I I've been working on a novel all month. Like it's just I'm just kind of ignoring everything. Oh, so that's I know cool. it's I know it's a big deal. I get it, and and I'm so honored to have been a part of it. But like I'm I'm like oh all right cool this is fun. Honestly, <laughs> it's it might be the best time to make your Star Wars appearance now that it's during the pandemic and you can concentrate right. on other things. And right. then as that kind of wheels out, maybe then you can interact with it. I can say I don't venture too far out of my Twitter feed these days. I've learned my lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I can say that the night that you appeared, my Twitter feed blew up. <laughs> there was a lot yes. of very, very excited queer people. Yeah. Yeah. I did get that. And I have, I have friends that send me a lot of the positive things. They're like, did you see this one? I'm like, no, thank you. That was very sweet. <laughs> so they're, they're excited about it too. But yeah, it was, it was, that was surprising to me. So to kind of swing back, I know you kept it a secret for a while. How long was it between the casting process and then when the announcement came? For you, at least. Do you mean the announcement of... of oh, I guess I was... it would just be until your episode. They didn't really pre-announce it. But... Right, yeah. I, I, the, I didn't want them to because I wanted to surprise people. But um, mm-hmm. So uh, a year, I guess. See, that's yeah. too long. I can't keep my mouth shut <laughs> I'd have to tell somebody. <laughs> well, I was like, I, I was so paranoid. So this is like some of the crazy thing. I took a bunch of pictures mm-hmm. in my wardrobe. I took uh, pictures with Giancarlo. Uh, they're gone. They are gone from my phone. I try, I got a new phone, but I uploaded all my pictures to my computer. They are gone. Not a single one of them is around. All my other pictures are fine. Oh so I'm gosh. like, the power of Disney, I will not say a <laughs> word. <laughs> Not a word. Yeah, I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm not playing around with this. So yeah, Mickey Mouse doesn't fuck around when it comes to that. I guess no. And like, and and I knew I respect how secretive they were. I mean, I didn't get my my lines until the night before, you right. know, like oh, late wow. the night before, which was really stressful because I I don't I don't know sci-fi jargon very well, mm-hmm. and so I was like, what am I saying <laughs> right now? Like, what's going on? Um, and you know, they make you wear like robes to and from set. It's, it's very, very secretive and I don't want to ruin the surprise or the fun for anybody. I know when people see spoilers before they've had a chance to watch it, how mad they get. So it's, to me, it's like, it's part of the fun to keep the secret, you know? So what was that set like? Cause you got to film with Giancarlo Esposito. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a big one. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was so sweet and welcoming. And that was, you know, there's always this balance too, that you have to play of like, the A-list actors usually have a lot of lines or a lot going on in their heads. A lot of, you know, I think he was 
I just saw another movie that he did that he was filming probably at the same time. Right. Um, so th- there's a lot going on. So, you know, you, it's fun to meet and chat a little bit, but you also want to play the game of like making sure you respect their space mm-hmm. and give them time to prepare whatever they're doing. But he was, he was very kind and gracious and would reach out and chat and his, his family came on one day. So I got to meet his kids. So just, uh, it was, it was wild and it was so cool to watch him work. And, uh, episode four, that was Carl's episode. So it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like a big, like, <laughs> I, I'm a martial artist, right? So Rocky, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm right, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> and he's like, I don't know how he does it, but he's better looking in person <laughs> than, than even on screen. And he's already oh, I believe on it. screen. <laughs> You're like, what is this? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, that was actually going to be my next question because that was the episode that was directed by Carl Weathers. Mm-hmm. How's he as a director? I mean, he was great. You know, he's he's legendary. He's history. Mm-hmm. So um, he knows what he's doing. Um, that's my favorite type of director. I, I know a lot of people are like, it, it is great to have directors that you can come up with your own ideas and shoot them off and stuff. But I've I've also worked with some where it's like everyone just kind of feels like they don't know what's going on. That was right. not the case in this instance. I mean, he's they they don't let people direct on the Mandalorian if they don't know what they're <laughs> they don't know this what they're is doing. True. <laughs> yeah. So it was great. Did it help you think that he too is an actor as well? Yeah, I, I do think that helps. Um, because there's a lot of times it's so it's so difficult to understand if you're not on set, but a lot of times when you're when you're directing and you're giving everyone else tips on what they need to be doing you're trying to pay attention to the camera oh i don't like the lighting oh, i don't you know the sound is weird whatever you have so many things to pay attention to that sometimes you forget to tell the actors oh by the way i want you to land here or like we changed right. something it's it's crazy how sometimes you walk in and you're like okay I, i'm just gonna do what i feel like i should do right now because nobody told me what was happening <laughs> i'm just gonna do some <laughs> guesswork and when you have a director who's an actor, oftentimes they do think of, okay, if I were an actor, what questions would I have right now? And they can, they can take away the confusion of that. So that was really a great experience. Yeah. I, I genuinely cannot imagine what yeah. it'd be like uh, just walking into a Star Wars set because obviously it's running on, we'll call it TV budget, but it's Disney TV budget, which is... <laughs> everybody's <laughs> it's seven indie movies stacked on top of each no, other for it a is second. Not, no? it, it is not a TV budget. Okay. <laughs> it, is not, it is a, it is a feature film budget. <laughs> it was the technology alone is so superior to even I, I was on Westworld and that uh-huh. is, is also super high budget. HBO is like, we don't play. Um, they've got like 3d camera tech that I still don't understand. It, it, I mean, they create a world around you, even if it's not there. It's just, it's mind blowing. But yeah, it's like being on a, being on an actual like film set as opposed to a TV set. Going back a little bit with casting, what was that uh, casting process like? This was, it was super chill. I don't know what's been going on, but lately I, I just do like one time through. I rarely have callbacks, especially wow. for these smaller parts. And I think part of that is is I've just got like credits under my name now. But mm-hmm. um, for this, it was just. I'm pretty sure I got fake sides to memorize. Um, they wouldn't tell you what the show was. So you just kind of had to guess, guess the tone. Um, and then, yeah, you just walk in, walked into the audition room. I've, I've been there before. I was familiar with them um, for a different show. And yeah, just one or two takes. And that was it. It was super easy. Um, it, it was funny because they wouldn't even tell my agent what the show was. They wouldn't tell. Like, it was, 
it's like that secretive um but i besides that it really wasn't anything unusual for for me i think walking dead was maybe more secretive because they even give you like fake locations and mm-hmm. it's yeah it's wild yeah that's that's the joys of all that genre tv man I can't. you get to deal with all of the top secret stuff that there's somebody hiding in a bush just trying to get some information on yeah that's why i'm like dude what <laughs> <laughs> that's how they got in your phone <laughs> yeah exactly how much are they paying you <laughs> yeah i don't know but it was cool i mean i'm trying to think if i had any other points on the casting process because it i know a lot of actors are always like what what was that what's i don't know that's it yeah yeah that's it. just pretty easy super easy Hey, sounds good, man. Sometimes the good things come easy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I've only had it happen a handful of times, but, you know, it does happen sometimes. Yeah. What was the costume fitting for that uniform like? That <gasps> is a perfectly fitted uniform. I am so glad you asked because that was one of the coolest things I thought. Um, a lot of the props that they use and the wardrobe that they use is actually from uh, the 70s, 80s, like the original Star Wars. Uh-huh. So oh my that was God, like no an original uniform shit that's so cool i know if mickey steals my phones that's going to come back in a a (laughs) duffel bag or something for me (laughs) yeah i mean that's that was like so um i mean there was there was a point too where they gave me some kind of like it looked like a really thick game boy like old school game boy and i was like i don't you know whatever (laughs) but it was from it was from the original too so they're like we really want to get this prop in there because it's so cool and people love it i'm like i Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Carl was like, it's too big. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a fan? Like, are you a Star Wars fan? No, I I hate to say it. I <laughs> I've watched most of it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I I just have never really gotten into it. I yeah. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel so bad saying that because I know it's like I get that my wife is like cringing. <laughs> She's like, I hate you so much. No, don't cringe. This is what we do here. We just sit around and we have yeah. fun and we tell the truth and exactly. it's all good. I am enjoying the Mandalorian though. It's when obviously started watching that to like watch Baby Yoda like half the world, I think. <laughs> but, or I'm sorry, they said his name now. Uh they did. It's Grogu. Grogu. Are we, okay, Grogu. I keep wanting to say gro- Grodon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, it's, it's in the script. Like, I, I've seen it a million times. <laughs> I just don't know why it's Grodon to me forever. It, it's not an easy name. I've got people who've been doing this for years and are like hard, hardcore Star Wars fans, and they're just calling him Gogurt because that's about as far as that's they can good. get their memory. Yeah, Gogurt. I like that. I'm gonna start saying. I've seen a lot of tweets where it's like, "Meet Melissa," or like. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you get to be? I'll try to phrase this in a way so it doesn't hurt. Uh, did you get the luxury of getting to meet that puppet at any point during I your set visits? Maybe begged to meet. Crouton. <laughs> Grogu. I begged, begged to meet him and they let me meet him. I was not allowed to take pictures, mm-hmm. but I got to meet him. And um, he's cool too because there's like a million, well, not a million, a few types. So they got the robotic one and then they've got a guy that like puppets him. And there's, I don't know. And then they make the guy go away with movie magic. <laughs> Did you meet like a couple different versions or just like. Here's one. Have fun. I actually don't know. <laughs> they, they, all, they all look the same. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, they've all got to be basically identical. Now, I I know that I read in an interview that you're a big Greek mythology. Yes. Person. Yeah. How does it feel being in the modern mythology? Because I would say that our modern myths traditionally would be like comic books, but Star Wars is the modern motto myth of the 20th century in a lot of ways. So even if it's something that it doesn't necessarily speak to you super heavy, you're part of that now, no matter what happens. Even if it was a one episode appearance, you'll always be a Star Wars actor, no matter what you do. Yeah, it's it's great. And I love that. I, I, I'm a big comic book fan. So mm-hmm. in general, I just I just respect being a part of that world. So I don't know. It's I I don't know what else to say. It's just it's really cool. It's fun. It's uh it's one for the books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially like I'm still kind of at the beginning of my career, so Right. It's good to to feel like you have some kind of impact in some way. I mean, it doesn't matter what set you go into. You could be on the biggest budget in the world. You just have to look at someone and say, you know, I was in Star Wars, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that actually could like, I calmed myself down because I had this big guest starring role recently and I had a lot of lines and I, a lot of fight choreo and a bunch of stuff running through my head at the same time. And I was like not feeling super well. So I was just like, oh my God, I'm just trying to psych myself out basically. And then I, I stopped for a second and I was like, you are on Star Wars, so you can kind of do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got this. It's fine. And it actually helped. <laughs> See, and the fun part about it, because Star Wars is so enormous. There's so many people who range from kind of casual to ridiculous people who like sit in closets and talk about Star Wars podcasts. I don't know what those people look like, but they must exist somewhere. But <laughs> everyone in Star Wars is someone's favorite character, no matter mm-hmm. how small a ridiculous background like it's an alien that looks like an ant that's somebody's favorite character so somewhere out there you are now someone's favorite star wars character they will be cosplay at star wars celebrations would they want to look like katie o'brien sweet all right well i probably can't ask this but did you ever get (laughs) a name you know if if they ever gave me one i will never know probably It'll be like most things. It'll probably show up in a guidebook and like right. years down the line, very casually. <laughs> right. And someone's gonna have to be nice enough to let you know, like, oh, hey, it's your character's name. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like they changed my name on The Walking Dead because um, I was originally like Savior Number Three or something, and then they brought me back as the same character, and they were like, no, we're gonna change your name though to Katie. And I was like, to my own name. And they're it's like, yeah, sus. yeah. They're like, we need you to come back, though, you know, whatever. So so come on back as, as fast as you can. And they killed me off. <laughs> it's like, so you named the character after me to kill me. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I would react to that, honestly. It, I felt kind of like maybe I, I upset someone somehow. <laughs> like I was <laughs> said I was hot one too many times. I don't know. So you never know. That was all filmed in like weird like georgia or some yeah ridiculous like that hot. that's that's not pleasant weather man. it's not it's muggy it's hot it's you know and you're out there like 13 14 hours a day and all of that but Mm-mm. it's i've actually had a couple times where because i was just on a film too where they're like wait we do need to give your character a name and i was like well, it's up to you guys so they do kind of just <laughs> I'm, I'm at their mercy i never know so stepping away from star wars a little bit because this is a podcast where we talk about that but we also want to share kind of our stories and the kind of people who are involved with it. Tell us something about Katie. How did you get into the acting gig? That was a weird journey. Um, Kind of an unusual route. I uh, 
wanted to do it. And as a kid did a lot, uh, little commercials, local theater, stage productions. And then I went to college and I was like, Ooh, I need a stable job. Cause acting is just, you know, we're talking about representation. There's never anyone on screen that looks like me. So right. that's probably yeah. never going to happen. Um, so in college, I was like psychology, I'll just do that. I'll, I don't know, do criminal profiling or something. I don't know. And wound up becoming a police officer in college. Um, they had a program. I was in the martial arts program. I thought that uh, it would be like a, a security gig. And I like I showed up and they're like, no, you're going to be an officer. And I'm like, okay, but like campus police or whatever. <laughs> and then a little while into the program, I was like, wait, I'm going to be an actual police officer. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Um, so did that and then graduated college, was thinking about going to uh, get my PhD or even MD in psychiatry, but I needed to take a break. So just got hired at a city for police work. Um, really was like, man, I've, I just want to act. That's what I want to do. So I found an acting school, uh, started taking classes while working and eventually built up enough of a reel to quit that job and actually pursue what I wanted to do. So started out with really, really super small parts. I know that this seems pretty small as well. Um, landed a series regular on Z Nation and just kind of haven't looked back since. And I mean, this is just the beginning for that too. Yeah. Because like you said, and I think it's something that's fair to point out, is there aren't a lot of people who look like you on screen. Yeah. Right. right? Like, yeah. There's, there's not a lot of, uh, I don't want to say there's not a lot of call that. I don't think there's a lot of imagination and casting because there's plenty of places that you would fit in. You just have to have somebody who will take a chance instead of being like, oh, cool. It's the uh, the same. I'm not going to say a channel. I almost mentioned a, a certain kind of channel sort of actress, but I'm not going to do that. But there's a very <laughs> generic yeah. sort of nice, white, mousy brunette lady who gets a lot of good generic roles where she bats her eyes and says supportive things. So. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing is they still see like, you know, I've been called everything from butch to soft butch to like androgen, I don't know, whatever. But however you see me, uh, it's always going to be in some kind of stereotypical role or something. Mm -hmm. It's it's because people don't understand how to write, first of all, for um, gay people to just be human beings, first of all, and not like tropes. Mm -hmm. But then you also have on the production side where a lot of people don't realize it is like, if I want to sell my show in China, well, they don't, they, they cut out a lot of gay people or gay scenes right. in China. So I'm going to basically prohibit you from going to one of the biggest markets with your show. So that's kind of something that production companies also unfortunately look at. But when it's something like Star Wars, it's like, come on, guys, <laughs> like they're going to buy your show. <laughs> they have to. So, yeah, if, I mean, if someone's going to take a stand, it's got to be something like like this show. Yeah, and, and hopefully it's just kind of the beginning, and this is just mm. a trickle of what we can see in the future. It's something that we talk about all the time here. Is It's a thing that we really love. It's our fun pew-pew space movie, but it's kind of like our myth. It's a thing that we grew up with, but we don't see a lot of ourselves in it mm -hmm. with the way that it's been portrayed. Luckily, in the last couple of years, it seems like there's a push for that, mm -hmm. but it seems very slow when it gets over to the, the LGBTQIA side of it. Yeah. That at the most, you know, you get a little a handout is what it seems like. Yeah. So I'm hoping that people are listening. And I really do think that there are people in Lucasfilm who are listening and want to do more 
And I just hope that they keep getting the power and the ability to make those calls because mm-hmm. that's that's what every kid deserves to see is yep. to see themselves in their favorite thing. Like, representation is important because if you can't see yourself in something, it's hard to imagine yourself being in that. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, I think I could comfortably say even with the three of us in this kind of a call right now, I don't think we saw a lot of ourselves growing up in our favorite TV and stuff like no. we didn't exist there. So we had to kind of imagine ourselves there. But the fun part is you get to be somebody's even in such there's some little girl somewhere who's getting to see that for the first time. And somewhere in the back of her brain is like, oh, cool. That could be me. Yeah. Yeah. And in I hope that's what that shows. I mean, the, the closest thing that I could think of is and I'm not even Hispanic, but I'm biracial. So I do like I'm more tan. So I see like a super white person on screen. I'm like, well, I don't really feel that vibe or um but, you know, Michelle Rodriguez was the only person I could see on screen with, like, even right. a bit of muscle and a tough attitude or uh, Vasquez from Aliens or mm-hmm. uh, even Rizzo from Greece. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> somebody where I'm like, OK, I kind of see that a little bit. But, yeah, it was so it was so, so, so rare. And even then, it, it's you you don't see muscle, you don't see different bodies, you don't, you know, you yeah. don't see a lot of that. And on the men's side, you don't see anything but Thor or like mm-hmm. whatever. So it's, yeah, it's a struggle. Also, Ian, I love yeah. your hair. Oh, thank you. So I was thinking the same <laughs> thing about your hair too. <laughs> <laughs> I was it's like, like wow, it looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ian, Ian likes to come on every week and it just makes some of us jealous because uh, some of us hit about 25 and it just said like, Nice knowing you. You're like, cool, thanks. I wasn't attached or anything. Didn't know that we couldn't be friends. I don't. I don't know what I would do without my hair. I don't know. I would. I wouldn't wish that on you, sweetheart. You would. (laughs) (laughs) We'd have to have a full intervention. That's a lie. We've got Maria in this. We would just have to send you a bunch of wigs. I was going to say, there's wigs. It's life is good. Yeah, (laughs) I'm starting to go gray, so I'm like, oh man, it's getting worse every day. I'm like. Oh, see, I did that about 23 and I was cool with (laughs) that because I was like, cool, let's go gray. Gray is great. This is all still gray. The problem is it evacuated at the same time. Mm. It's like, no, like, this is not cool. Like, I wanted my George Clooney moment. And it said, "Eh, Steve Buscemi. And you're like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) No, you look good. Own it. Got the beard, you know, cool glasses. The vibe. Low light does a lot to help, but I'll take it. (laughs) So what can we uh, look forward to seeing you in the future? Anything that you can tell us about, at least? Oh, man, I wish I, because I feel like I should be able to say this other thing that I'm in, but I definitely post, with the exception of The Mandalorian, the night before <laughs> something, uh-huh. so people have a chance to like <laughs> check it out. But um, I'll be on a show uh, on CBS later this year. Um, very, very cool guest star spot I'm really excited about. And then I... I have no idea when this movie is coming out, but I was in Sweet Girl, which is uh, one of the next Jason Momoa movies. It's a small little mm-hmm. part in that. Um, it's on Netflix. No clue when it's coming out, but when it does, I'll <laughs> be sure to say something. I mean, that's Netflix, though. Is it'll drop it at right. 4 a.m. on a Tuesday. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then launch out like a $300 marketing campaign. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you guys couldn't spend money? Okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> there's a little meme. marketing never hurt anything, man. I know. There's, there's a meme that my wife pulls up every now and then and just laughs until she cries but it's it's netflix and it's like what is it she's already laughing right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this guy with a bunch of film reels and he just drops it and he's like what, what did you say 
this is <laughs> this is here if you want it <laughs> just drops <laughs> something like that uh if i find it i'll try to post it on your uh on your page but it's it's so you're so spot on <laughs> it's hilarious also just as a side note because it's called doing research but then at some point you're like am i cyber stalking because this could be cyber stalking <laughs> we're gonna have to stop you and your wife are the cutest fucking couple oh, so you. adorable, like, adorable. <laughs> And she's like way cooler than I am. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, that's the appropriate thing to say. No, it's, it's seriously like I. So I, I'm just so awkward at parties and stuff. I'm just standing there and I'm like, well, what do I do? It's too loud. Like I can't talk to you. So I always just I love bringing her because she'll just go up and be like, hi, I'm Kylie. <laughs> like, just bubbly. And I all I know is like I don't know. Do you guys want to learn how to punch? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what do I offer? I I think I saw a meme recently that was like, oh, you're in a gay marriage. So which one of you stands at the corner and grumbles and which one of you talks to everybody? <laughs> yeah. I'm the grumbly person. I married someone who has to go through and talk to everybody in the place. And I'm like, we've been here for 20 minutes. Can we not please go home? Like, <laughs> she found it. <laughs> she, I don't know if you, no, you can't see this. I'll just send it to you. Yeah, but that's that's the other thing. The, the flip around is she pulls the Irish goodbye and I have to say goodbye to everyone. Ooh. Oh, see, absolutely not. I, I cannot be bothered to tell everybody. Good <laughs> she hates <laughs> like if, it. If, if they miss me, then they can they can text me. And if they don't know my number, then they're not going to miss me. It's all good. <laughs> she <laughs> not that she would much, much more prefer to go out with you. Than, <laughs> <'cause she's> like, <laughs> we have to go. <laughs> see, I try to pull the Irish goodbye and it just it doesn't happen. People like someone will turn and, uh, and be like, notice me and be like, where are you going? Like, you're just not gonna say goodbye and i was like yeah that's kind of the plan until you notice <laughs> and now we're still friends <laughs> yeah nothing changes in the relationship except just like oh okay goodbye yeah. <laughs> which isn't necessary half the time <laughs> no. yeah, i feel like if people are gonna get angry about it they'll let you know i also don't check my text messages half the time so i also don't know if people are angry yeah 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 for me it's like what are you texting me right now? Mm-hmm. Like just to say hi? Oh, I just <laughs> I, there's no meme attached. Like <laughs> are are you a do you prefer text or call? I I am so awkward on the phone. Like this is fu- like um video chat. I'm I'm okay because I can mm-hmm. read your expression and I know that you're not on this. I don't know texting or playing a game. Yeah. But when I'm on the phone with somebody and I feel like this slight disconnect, I'm like you're not. Why'd you call me if you're just not going to listen? Like you're definitely doing something else right now. <laughs> yeah. And then I find that I also want to do something else. So it's text or video chat, but preferably just text and preferably oh, yeah. just leave it all alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go about it. I have another question. Um, so you showed up, your character was brought in a very particular scene at the end of the episode. And was that, like, was that pretty much what your experience was based on, like on set? And no, uh, started that scene probably in like December, maybe ended it in February. <laughs> um, no idea, <laughs> <laughs> no idea what was happening before. <laughs> um, or like this last episode, totally new to me. I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> Uh, a lot, everything was shot out of order, just completely out of order. So I okay. was very much like, what is going on? Who am I? Where am I? And what do these words mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was 
yeah, it was really interesting. But a lot of sets do that, but not to this extent because they have, it seems, and I don't, I don't know for sure, but it seems like they have at least the, the majority of the season planned out. Um, I don't know if they have all of the lines figured out the whole time or, or how they work around that. But, you know, most TV, it's um, sometimes they'll have an outline, but not as thoroughly finished as The Mandalorian is once it starts. Um, so you do pretty much stick to one episode at a time. Every now gotcha. and then you might get a couple scripts out. And so you'll, you'll be shooting three and four at the same time, something like that to save money, stay in the same right. set, that kind of thing. Um, so that was kind of unique to, to just be fully all over the place and really have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, just out of curiosity with it, cause you, did you wrap around February ish or so before the pandemic hit? Because mm-hmm. I feel like principal photography was completely done by if I, if I read right. Yeah. I want to say that that last scene with Giancarlo was maybe the last scene. Okay. That was shot at least with a camera, but I'm, I am not, I, you know, don't quote me on that for sure. Um, but they did have, you know, be real and, and see camera going on as, as well. So you obviously interacted with Carl Weathers. Did you at all interact with Dave Filoni or John Favreau? Yeah, they were really good about, I mean, they're on set watching every take. I mean, they're, yeah, they're <laughs> really, really impressive. <laughs> and I kept trying to, cause you know, the keys, the cylinder keys in my uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. I was like, hey, um, Mr. Filoni, are these little lightsaber daggers? <laughs> and he was like, no. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but can they be? <laughs> That's the correct question. <laughs> like, can we just change this up a bit? He's like, they're keys. And he's like, I'll show you what they go into. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no desire for it to be a key and i was like okay well tell me this am i really powerful because i have two keys (laughs) a lot of other people just have one (laughs) i think he just thought i was like an idiot i don't know so uh, he's he was a blast we both wore ugly christmas sweaters all the time and just had fun with that i guess but yeah they were both very friendly and again you're just you're so surprised when you're meeting people at that level that they're actually Mm -hmm. down to earth super nice supportive great people if you're having trouble either understanding what you're saying or maybe visualizing what the audience would see or how the scene may play out would you ask them about it yeah if i had to yeah usually it's um i mean the director's usually right there so usually you go there first but um you know they they definitely have a very particular vision of how they want this to turn out as well so um you know they they were more than happy to put their input in um, I feel like my part was kind of like, I know what, what's to be done here. <laughs> like, hey, but there are no small parts in Star Wars. That's right. Like, there are absolutely no. Boba Fett proves that there are no small parts <laughs> in Star Wars. Right. Out of curiosity, what's a, what's the dynamic like between having Filoni and Favreau on set? Do they kind of work together? Or is Dave there kind of to keep the, the story on track? Are they just mostly there just to observe quietly? Or are they kind of offering asides when asked or no i mean i i think they put a lot into it a, a lot of times before we even wind up on set so right but i that you know there there was that device they wanted to work in from time to time or something mm-hmm. and it didn't work out and and so they would 
it's almost like an educational experience. <laughs> like, oh, this is used for this reason, whatever. Um, you know, they, they, had, they have that vast knowledge that the directors can draw from. Um, so, you know, you, you did see that from time to time where they would refer to their, their extensive universe knowledge. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I, I, I'm trying to think back. I was mostly just so stressed out about not screwing up. <laughs> well, you definitely did not screw up. Yeah, you <laughs> killed it. And completely just as someone who is watching, right? I had three separate people text me that night after that episode went live being like, so the lady, do, do we know her? And I was like, no, I, I think she's an entirely new character. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's got to be a character we've seen before. And he's like, I promise you it's not. We would know if it was. He's like, can you find out? And he's like, I can't just call these people. Like, <laughs> I don't Do know. it. <laughs> well, I'm trying to... Uh, there's this whole thing now where people think I'm Brie Larson. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, yeah, somebody... First of all, How I have no that? idea why they do this, but my some of my fans like to tag me in kind of mean things. So uh-huh. there was this whole mean thing where they were like, did anyone catch Brie Larson's cameo? <laughs> it was my picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were just like insulting our performance, like simultaneously. They're like, well, obviously she wasn't showing any emotions. So that's Brie. I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> First Can of we- all. <laughs> You know what? We're going to get you some new fans. That's what we yeah. need to do. Well, so I started, I was like, why are you tagging me in this? And she's like, oh, I just thought it was cool that they thought you were Brie Larson. And I'm like, that's fine. But did you read what you tagged me? And then somebody else tagged me in some transphobic dudes thing that I didn't know because I didn't, right. I don't know him. I don't know yeah. his, his like whatever fandom. And so I thought he was um, just misgendering me or something. And I was like, I sent him a nice message. I was like, hey, so just so you know, these are my pronouns. Mm-hmm. And because I don't, you know, I don't care if if um, I'm necessarily misgendered on on accident or anything like that. I totally understand. Um, yeah. But I was like, oh, I see you tagged me in this. I didn't know that he was being rude or like being like making fun of the trans community. And I'm sitting here thinking that oh, I'll just be nice to him. And I should have like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go like Twitter warrior on somebody necessarily because right. yeah. I know it's a huge waste of time. But yeah, like, that's not your job. No, but I just, it, it's like, first of all, don't, don't alert me to these people that I don't even want to be associated with, but also right. like, why, why? And he goes, oh, I thought you'd fight him. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> Bring him here. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Online. You think I can punch through my screen? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, even, I think it kind of goes to the power that people and other, maybe other fans thought we'd seen you somewhere else in star wars but you had such a commanding screen presence mm-hmm. like it really it like it really was super powerful and badass that's awesome that's nice to hear because i was like the whole time i'm watching myself i'm just critiquing everything i do so <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh your voice is too soft oh you're too- why did you look like that <laughs> again no we were talking a little bit earlier that the best villains are the soft-spoken ones yeah yep. I like we we need a soft-spoken villain in Star Wars. Yes, especially a good soft-spoken. Oh, okay. See, Kitty. for those who can't see, there's a cat on screen, and I have completely and totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> she has she has taken to um, because I've been writing this book all month. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this not your your bed? <laughs> she has taken to uh, alerting me when I've been on my computer too long by. Aww. 
Uh, What's her name? Miso. <laughs> Little Miso. We got her. She's like, I walked in. So my wife, when I was gone for Z Nation, it's a long story, mm-hmm. but whatever, we're going to do this. Um, <laughs> I was gone for Z Nation for like six months and we were, I don't think we weren't even engaged at the time. And I'm allergic to cats. I'm like, we can't have a cat. And she goes, well, just so you know, since you're gone, I fostered one, <laughs> but like, it's just a foster and he's a kitten and he just got rescued and he's really scared. And he's like feral, by the way, <laughs> it's like a half feral cat, but domestic, but feral. We still spend two years, can't touch him. Right. Right. So she had him all six months because he's not a soft, fluffy animal that you can pet. No one would take him. Yeah. So she's like, we can't just give him away. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> but you're going to vacuum every day because <laughs> I'm allergic. <laughs> So that escalated to, well, we're moving in together and he needs a friend. So oh. we went to this event, this adoption event. And the second I walked in, I saw this picture of this cat with this like messed up eyeball. Like her, I don't know what happened to her eye, but it looks mm-hmm. like oh, wow. something dug in and pulled the, the color forward. Mm-hmm. So it's really pretty from the side, but from the front, she looks wounded. And then... Uh, she's got this patchy tail and she's just this grumpiest looking cat I've ever seen. And I was like, that's the one I want. Yes. So we found her and she has the smoker's voice. <laughs> like, <just> like, <laughs> ah, like, oh God, what is that? You know, <laughs> she yeah. wakes us up and we're like, oh God. <laughs> so um, we, we were like, she's good with other cats. And they're like, yeah, she's great with other cats. <laughs> we took her uh, to this play area and there were other cats around. She just kind of ignored them. So we took her home and she picked on the other cat, Wally, for like six months. We had to kind of separate them. <laughs> like She's so oh, mean wow. to him, but I love her to death. So anyway, we got some feel away going around the apartment constantly. And so she's chill with him now, but he's obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. So she's the cat for us to play with and pet. And then she keeps him entertained because he has a play partner. He's still afraid of us, but kind of, but not really, but kind of. <laughs> So we're just we're trying to slowly but surely get him to at least let us pet him, but at least feel comfortable. You know, he's I woke up with him in my face this morning, peeking over the bed like, but, you know, I turn and I'm like, oh, hey, Wally. And he freaks out and runs away. So it's just. a. So what you're saying is you got you got completely and totally tricked into becoming a cat mom like this. Completely. Yes. We've a Jedi mind trick. It is. It is. I told you she's powerful my wife (laughs) uh but it's been great i mean they do say exposure helps Mm -hmm. i'm i'm definitely not allergic to my cat uh she sleeps like on my face and i'm alive somehow so uh we do keep the place clean but she might have cured me of my cat allergy Mm. oh we'll see that you could almost loan her out yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i'm like invincible now like (laughs) (laughs) even more invincible than you were before that's right yeah (laughs) So circling back, you've mentioned that you're writing a book. Is that something that you can talk about? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's based off Greek mythology. So, Ooh, oh, that's yeah. cool. So cool. So, is it, is, yeah. I don't know if you're allowed to say, is it about us? Is it spe- uh, specific? That's a word and I can say it. Is it based <laughs> on a specific myth? Kind of. So I am blending as many that work together in the same time frame together. Uh-huh. So, you know, you have Jason and the Argonauts, Medea, who's like one of my favorite characters because she's one of the only female uh, 
anti-heroes in Greek mm-hmm. mythology. I don't know, she kind of murdered her children, so I can't say she's a hero, but um, and but very powerful, very cool. Um, and you have your Hercules, and you know, allegedly he was around at that time in the myths, but he also is just like alive for 400 years according to mythology dates. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you have Theseus all kind of around at that time too. So I blend in those myths and add some of my own characters and um, yeah, just playing around with that as, as I see fit. So it's predates, um, it predates obviously the Iliad and the Odyssey. But okay. if you kind of look at the timeline guesstimation wise, um, a lot of the people who were in the Iliad, their parents were on the Argonaut or Argos. So mm-hmm. it's just a bit of a time leap. So if you are a huge Greek mythology dork, you can be like, oh, that's Ajax's dad or like whatever. And you're just like, oh, this is so cool. Well, I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> Someone will read it and they'll be like, what? Are you, what? <laughs> I think it's very specific of a certain age of queer person that I've noticed that a lot of us grew up really obsessed with Greek mythology. I've never a hundred percent found where the connection is. Maybe it's because we got left alone with encyclopedias or it's, something. It's uh, Hercules and Xena. Oh, you know what? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, is there some kind of underlying thing? Like, is there yeah. themes that really draw people to it? And you're like, no, no, no. It's because. Because Lucy Lawless looked really good in our yeah. movie. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. why. Yeah. And they just they just played with our hearts. <laughs> like, wait, are you? Wait, no, wait, wait. Are you, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine you had to do a certain amount of research. George Lucas was actually inspired by mythology and mm. like the monomyth and Joseph Campbell. Like, yeah. did you kind of get into that world, the more intellectual bit of it? I started to. Um, because I mean, that's, it's funny. I, I loved the power of myth growing mm-hmm. up. I thought I was like, oh, this is phenomenal. This is amazing. And then I heard some contrasting opinions where it, I can't remember the name of the, the lady. Um, she was a professor and she's like, you know, uh, Campbell has a really way of, an interesting way of saying, this is how it is because I've asserted my opinion yeah. <laughs> so strongly. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, well that makes sense in terms of story structure. I 100% agree. That's just how we seem to tell stories here. Um, but I hate I hated that I started to almost get anxious uh, about writing, about starting to write, because I felt like I had to stick so rigidly into the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, as long as I have enough plot, as long as I have enough inciting action, as long as I have enough um, motivation or purpose for my protagonists or antagonists anybody the story is going to flow and i just i need to stop thinking about all of that other technical stuff and that's when i actually started to sit down and write um even in term, in confining it to like the few stories of myths that i was trying to to stick to i was like well wait did that actually happen did and i'm like no katie it didn't actually happen probably ever <laughs> so <laughs> it's your story just let it happen so the more that i just kind of like i kind of throw that aside and just focus on what the story I want to tell, the easier it is to write. And then I can go back and look at the technical stuff later if it needs to happen. So out of curiosity, do you already have get a publishing date for that or are we still shopping around? No. Yeah. I, I uh, just started writing it for, well, I started as a screenplay and then I was mm-hmm. like, I want to make this a story. So I've got maybe like 150 pages in it now, but 
it's got a long way to go. So. That's still an accomplishment. Wow. Yeah. Man. Like it takes a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I'm really proud of it. And my wife's a, an actual writer, like trained uh-huh. and has a master's in it and stuff. So she's uh-huh. very helpful. <laughs> I was just going to ask that. I was going to say that your wife is a screenwriter. Yeah. That would be terrifying for me. <laughs> Why? I I would almost hide my work being like, please don't look, please don't look. Please yeah. Look. <laughs> yeah. So we had to set some boundaries because <laughs> she's very used to like she works for production companies and things right. and like read scripts and is like, these are the notes that you get about your terrible script. And so uh-huh. I had to be like, hey, um, honey, I uh, I didn't go to school for this and mm-hmm. um, it scares me. <laughs> to, I need you to give me one critique at a time, maybe. <laughs> Like, instead of just like, 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 she sent me back a page of the screenplay that I had written, and it was uh-huh. just writing down the entire page. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> it was all very good points that needed to happen, but it was like, mm-hmm. let's just, let's just put this in a little bit by bit. But I think I've gotten a little bit better, um, especially when, now that I've, I've stopped getting defensive about it. Mm-hmm. Just like a huge thing that I think a lot of people need to take away and learn. Um, yes. I read something, I should have bookmarked it on Twitter where someone was like, this is the website that people go to intentionally misunderstand what you're saying. Right? <laughs> like, um, and, and people just get so defensive, which is why I try not to, to read too much into that, that site. But um, I was getting super defensive. And the second that I started like actually listening and, and taking it in, I was like, oh, this is actually really good advice. And it, it, it actually helped break down some of the barriers that I was having where I was like, why is my character doing this? And Kylie's like, oh, because she has no motivation. <laughs> like, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> now I've given her a motivation. The story is coming so smoother. <laughs> it's like, well, as soon as that is ready to go, let us know. And we would be more than happy to have you back on to talk about yes. that. Cause I'll tell you right <laughs> yes. now that like Greek myth is already going to be a big part of our demographic. Cause you know, nerds, we all flock together with it. Can we expect some gayness as well? I was about to say it's super queer. I'm writing it, so it's, yes. it's very good. good. Yeah, um, so if it's fuck yeah. Greek mythology and queer, like we could sell that all day. Long. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Who's it's... your? I was going to ask who your favorite uh, Greek mythic figure. Hmm. So right now, because I'm doing a Hellas campaign in D and D. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's Hermes because I've based my character uh-huh. around like potentially being. Uh, I've sworn myself to Hermes and all that. And he's, he's, you know, mischievous, funny. He's kind of like the Greek Loki and, Mm -hmm. and I'm here for it. Like Zeus is so angry all the time, but Hermes plays a trick on him and he's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was good, bro. That was good. So I just, I really love him and uh, a really cool, like a really broad character too. He's kind of more, I don't know. He seems less aggro than, (laughs) (laughs) Which in Greek myth, like, dude, I'll take anyone I can get who uh, isn't necessarily raping and pillaging half of the storyline right? at some yeah. point. And then you've got like, like okay, well, I have Atalanta mm-hmm. who, you know, she has to get married to a dude because she lost a race because she couldn't, she couldn't stop collecting apples. Like, <laughs> this, is like this is the hero I have to look for. So it's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> some of that is like, there's a reason it survived, but some of it just kind of got stuck in the pages. Like yeah. some of these are myths that will be told time and time again. And then you're looking over others being like, wait a second. He's a swan. Why is <laughs> yeah. he a swan? <laughs> wait. And you know, it's all metaphors and you're just like, yes, uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, so Persephone gets stuck in Hades because she 
uh-huh. ate a seed. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> she did him. She did him, and that's why she's there. Exactly. <laughs> like the golden apple. Okay, we've seen this. Mm-hmm. The Garden of Eden. Like, okay, women love apples. No, it's not an apple. <laughs> Some other low hanging fruit, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming yeah, and giving you. us yes. some time tonight. Like we had so much fun. Oh, same. You guys are great. Honest, <laughs> honestly, I was going in being like, okay, just let's make sure that we give like, a good interview and everything because there is a possibility that maybe things won't jive super well. So like, let's just, we'll keep it super professional. If it gets short, then that's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. And then about <laughs> 20 minutes into it, I'm like, are we sure that? Are we sure that we don't know? Is Katie our friend? Do we know Katie? Like, Pretty sure. This we're is a person friends. who likes. This is a person who likes Greek mythology, D and D, and has cats. Like, yeah, uh, pretty sure I grew up with about fifteen people. I, I was like, yeah, I, I I know you all, right? I um, it's funny because we were talking about like closing words or whatever, and I was like, should I should I say this, Kylie? She's like, don't do it. And I'm like, if I just said live long and prosper and pretend I didn't. <laughs> Yes. I didn't know. <laughs> like me trying to quote Star Wars. <laughs> I wish th- I wish you would have done a completely dead face. I know. And I would have completely let it slide. Yeah, I mean I just I just couldn't do it cuz I just know that it would hurt so many feelings. <laughs> oh. If if anybody is listening to these episodes, they are really not going to get their feelings hurt. We have said some crazy <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. We sometimes have to turn around and be like, okay, wait, we are talking about this episode with seriousness because we do want to talk about like the psychological underpinnings of these characters. But at the same time, like, how good is the amphibian dick that the frog lady is going to another planet? And you have that conversation. And then in the edit, I'm sitting there going, how did we talk about this for 20 minutes? How the hell did we talk about this for 20 minutes? <laughs> So many people were so mad at Crouton for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's Twitter. Like there's definitely there's some conversations that I think people had kind of valid points, right? Like if it if it brings up something for you, then that's I don't want to tell you that your feelings are wrong. But some of it you're like, you guys, like it's we'll see next week. There's more to a story. Like it's serialized storytelling. It, right. everything does not have to be wrapped up at the end of it and be like this is everybody went on a character journey in 45 minutes yeah like, that'd be a really boring series guys like, yeah they're not going to finish the episode with katie coming on screen looking directly into camera and be like the following happened in this episode Tom's <laughs> <laughs> officer uh, comes on screen <laughs> uh, although I- you could come in pull down a blue screen and then just start making <laughs> notes for people which would be fantastic <laughs> yeah and it just says Live long and prosper at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of other then, references. <laughs> then the Enterprise took them all the way to Middle Earth. <laughs> yes. <the end. laughs> yes. And Grand Admiral Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> something, something. <laughs> well, I have to run away. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you and yeah. enjoy the rest of your evening. Yes. Great meeting you. Keep in touch. All the fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Just right before we go, where can people find you? I have finally synced all of my social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to at the KDO. It's T-H-E-K-A-T-Y-O. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Katana Cast. Make sure to come back and visit us next week when we will be into some other shit. Who knows what we'll be up to. Thank you so much, Katie. Oh, I'm also going to point out, I made sure before this started, we're the first Star Wars podcast that she's on. I'm sure she will be on better, but for today, we're the best podcast that she's been on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>